Long drives are never too long. If there's a good melody plugged in and there's an unplanned destination. A true real good therapy to clear the clutter of the jewel. Tell me which one is your pick for an early morning road trip. A small car, a big car. Don't ever think your car defines your attitude. It does to a bit, but you know what? It defines more of your budget. By the way, I got my car today and I'm gonna drive it my way. Let's quickly get to a terminus to perch and strike some meaningful convo. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you rarely find, and if there's a question, Hovering in your minds is pharmacology difficult. Lend your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Let's break the ice for 29th of April with ways to measure the bioavailability of drugs. You know, absorption trends are graphically obtained and relation is found amongst the area under the plasma concentration time curve after a single oral dose and the area under the concentration time curve obtained after the intravenous administration of the same amount of drug. And let us assume because of the intravenous administration the bioavailability is 100%. So, the formula goes like this. Grab your pens and papers and just scribble down. Bioavailability of drug in percentage is equal to area under the concentration time curve obtained via the oral route upon the area under the concentration time curve obtained via the intravenous route into 100. Did you get this formula? That's quite simple. A simple ratio expressed as percentage. Some more observations of the different parameters can be done from the graphs obtained and you can really find out a lot about 1. Maximum time taken to reach the peak plasma concentration that is represented as capital T max. Second, the peak concentration obtained of the plasma, which is represented as capital C max. And lastly, you get the parameter area under the concentration time curve itself. Now, amongst these three parameters, the first two, that is the capital T max and the capital C max, they denote and signify the rate of absorption, while the third one, that is the area under the concentration time curve, 
it signifies the extent of absorption. Did you get the difference? The little minute difference? Just notice that. One more good fact coming way is that bioequivalent drugs, they should actually have similar values for these three parameters, okay? Now there are a few, some may be obsolete but not much popular methods adopted to find out the bioavailability are one, the use of planimeter, second, the use of cut and weigh method, and thirdly, via the trapezoidal rule. Now these are a little tedious methods, so the best one is to go via the formula method. That is what is my advice. Now let's have an insight into the variety of factors that actually affect the bioavailability of drugs. These can be pharmaceutical, biological and pharmacological. To begin with, my list heads on with the pharmaceutical essence affecting the bioavailability of drugs. Now two important things to talk here are the disintegration of the particle from the dosage form that is administered and secondly it is followed by the dissolution of the particle state into the solution finally which is absorbed so different pharmaceutical factors to account i'm gonna go in one roller coaster ride so do pay attention the particle size now some good forms i mean to say dosage forms they are microfine dichoxin, microfine aspirin etc they real have very very minute particle size that is apt for proper disintegration and dissolution now salt forms of especially weakly acidic drugs they are highly soluble in water the free acidic drug detaches to settle from the salts and then it dissolutes so fast that our purpose is salt okay example of these salts can be phenytoin sodium that is the best one now coming over to the crystal forms they also do matter here a lot but why i'm talking about the crystal forms because i want to real talk about the amorphous salts amorphous salts of chlorum phenicol etc they are better dissolved than the crystalline form. The crystalline forms, they are containing the water, which is called as the hydration. So they are known as the hydrated salts. This further decreases the dissolution. Are you noticing these important aspects, important points? that are affecting the bioavailability in such a minute manner they are really very very important for examples i want to state here anhydrous caffeine anhydrous ampicillin they dissolve much fast next i want to talk about is the extent of ionization it also governs this whole game you know Non-ionized lipid-soluble drugs, they are absorbed much, much faster while the strongly basic and acidic drugs, they have very low bioavailability. 
Their examples are neostigmines, streptomycin, etc. Lastly to talk are the added on ingredients in different dosage forms. Yes, I'm talking about the excipients. They can be gum, they can be lactose. You know, I told you before also that lactose is a wetting agent. It enhances the dissolution. It can be added to various drugs like phenytoin, warfarin, etc. So be very, very careful while changing the brands of the various drugs. When you change the brands, the excipients, they are also changed. And then what suffers to a great extent is the bioavailability finally. As far as the biological factors they are concerned, drug transport mechanisms, they may limit the drug absorption in the gut. Gastric acid, it may cause the destruction of drugs like benzyl penicillin. Fast intestinal transit, it may impede the absorption of so many drugs, especially which are already having a very slow absorption. Next, food drug complexes. They may occur due to binding of various drugs with food. Let's say tetracycline binds to the calcium content of the milk. Then it can bind to the iron content. Then acidic drugs, they bind to the cholesteramine in the gut. All these affect and impede the bioavailability of the drugs. Next, I want to comment upon is the pre-systemic elimination. It is very important for analgesics like morphine, for adrenoceptor blockers like propranolol, metoprolol, etc. And many others like isosor by dinitrate, chlorpromazine, etc. Now, why I'm talking about pre-systemic elimination? Because in case if the hepatic function is impaired, then the toxicity of such drugs it ensues so be very very careful while you are giving such drugs never forget to monitor the hepatic function drugs that are completely metabolized in liver they don't require dose adjustment as far as this concept of pre-systemic elimination is concerned and some very good examples of such drugs they are phenytoin theophylline warfarin etc now there are many more pharmacological factors which affect the final drug bioavailability let's comment quickly as a roller coaster ride upon these two to start off i want to talk about the gastric emptying gastric emptying it is directly proportional to the bioavailability of the drug if it increases, the bioavailability increases. If it decreases, the bioavailability gonna decrease too. Now, factors like fasting, anxiety, drugs like metoclopramide, they increase the gastric emptying, thereby increasing the bioavailability too. While factors like fatty diet, depression, drugs like atropine, amipramine, they decrease the gastric emptying, thereby decreasing the bioavailability too. As far as the course of the gastrointestinal tract diseases is concerned, I want to talk about here at this particular moment about the celiac and the Crohn's disease.
when I say celiac disease, then absorption of amoxicillin decreases, absorption of cephalexine increases, while that of ampicillin rarely shows any sort of change. And similar weird absorption trends, they are noticed in the course of Crohn's disease also. You know a drug called cotrimoxazole, it has two components, trimethoprime and sulfamethoxazole. So trimethoprime component of cotrimoxazole, its absorption decreases, while the absorption of sulfamethoxazole component is increased. And when there's a general gut inflammation like gastroenteritis, almost all drug absorption is impeded. Yes, it decreases. As far as few food trends are concerned, fatty diet in enhances the griseofalvin absorption. Vitamin C keeps the iron in reduced state, that is ferrous form, and increases its bioavailability. Then Again, I want to drive your attention span towards some really nice drug-drug interactions to account for. The first one is the liquid paraffin. It emulsifies the fats and decreases the absorption of fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A, vitamin T, vitamin E and vitamin K. Next to comment upon are the enzyme inducers. The barbiturates, phenytoin, rifampicine, they all decrease the bioavailability of so many drugs they act upon. Now, one of the best drug-drug interaction which I just cannot escape the comment upon is of the penicillin and the probinacid. That's a classical example and you should really learn by heart. The penicillin bioavailability is enhanced by probinacid because it blocks its excretion. Now, as we approach the end of today's colloquy, I want to talk about the pharmacogenetic factors that may too show great deal of differences in the bioavailability of drugs. Well, the classical pharmacogenetic factors is regarding the acetylation. Let's start off with the slow acetylation. Slow acetylators, they have increased bioavailability of drugs like isoniazid, while it's vice versa as far as the fast acetylators they are concerned. People having atypical plasma cholinesterase, they slowly hydrolyze succinylcholine. And in such people, very less amount of the drug is as potent as the complete normal amount of the drug so be very very cautious and don't forget to monitor and do gene mapping in such individuals now i want to divert your attention span towards the miscellaneous factors like blood circulation state Varied routes of drug administration, the absorption area, all these make a lot of importance and difference as far as the drug bioavailability is concerned. So as we approach the end of this ride, which really had no wheels, hope you all enjoyed it. Now the best part of going through this complete set of colloquy was that 
I hope you've realized or not, but let me tell you that we have actually finished with our conversation about bioavailability. And there are so many new sets of topics awaiting to flow like a waterfall from my cords in the next upcoming episodes. But no haste, cause it's gonna be a worthy wait. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.isfarmecologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine it actually contains a lot of updates about the medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name as Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, do follow me and subscribe to my episodes whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned! To rate and review on iTunes Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.